0: Wow, what a treat to uh, be here! That old cannon clip—that was evil, John. That was really like Ricky Ricardo and Lucille Ball. But uh, what a what a treat to be able to be with you this morning. I mean, we're in the we're in New well we're actually in New Jersey, but the New York Church of Christ. But uh, it, it's great to be with so many of the marrieds here uh, of the church and. Uh, it, you know, brothers and sisters, it's the same spirit. Whether we're in New York, New Jersey, Hawaii, God's spirit's the same. We're family. We're children of God. What an awesome, uh, what an awesome time it really is, and we can bond, be bonded very, very quickly. Uh, let's, let's get this out of the way here before we start, okay? Um, turn to your spouse and just say a couple things here. Either say, I'm sorry, forgive me or thank you for putting up with me for all these years. Go ahead and do that right now. I mean, don't you feel better right there? Just feel a little bit better. But so so grateful to be with everyone uh, this weekend. It's been a great time already. Uh, Really appreciate John and Arlene uh, for reaching out to us literally about a year ago, and uh, so impressed how prepared you guys were, Uh, but uh, John and Arlene are are dear friends from the past, uh, working together in the LA church, and uh, this trip has been so special, just uh, being with them and getting to know their kids even that much more, because we've been apart for many, many years now. But we have such a kindred spirit, and I really appreciate their hearts, their love for God, the church family. Uh, You're very, very fortunate. And uh, Jim and Teresa, it's great to be reunited with you guys again. Uh, We've admired you from afar for so many years, and uh, uh, working with youth and uh, family ministry uh, in the past, uh, you guys are pillars in God's kingdom. And the church here in New York is very, very fortunate uh, to have you guys. Uh, But uh, I I just want to say thank you. Thank you for letting us be out here. We're honored to uh, share some thoughts in our heart and uh, for us to share our lives a little bit with you. And prayerfully, uh, some things that we say this weekend are going to be encouraging for you. I I love married retreats because it really is a a whole spectrum of different types of married couples, as John had pointed out, from old to young. I think the honeymooners and the young marrieds, uh, this is your first retreat as married couple and you're going I'm wondering what secret things are taught at married retreats. You've always wondered, you know, you've always wondered what it's like and this is really uh, an important stage in your life. You're you you know, you could be like rabbits right now. You are you guys are like having sex all the time. And you're just fired up. You're going, man, I wish I were born married. Then then you've got, you know, you got the, the marrieds that are a little bit older, you've got kids, and, and you know, you're thinking, I've been there, done that, you're, and quite honestly, you're just trying to get some consistent rest. You're, you're, just, you're fired up. You're fired up to go to a hotel without any kids, no laundry, and you could actually have uninterrupted sex during this time. Uh, Older marrieds, your kids are all grown up and you are just grateful that all the pipes are still working. And it's a good time, it's a good time to check to make sure all the pipes are still working. Just check that list off, you can, you know, gotta make sure. It'll be really interesting too, nine months later now, nine months forward to see who was is, who is conceived? Which baby was conceived during this weekend? It would be interesting to see what happens during this time. Son's going to share a little bit uh, back and forth uh, throughout this lesson this morning, but she's going to introduce a little bit of who we are in our family.
1: We bring you greetings from the Aloha State of Hawaii. You will be our honored visitors whenever you come visit the church in Oahu, but uh, we've been there almost five years uh, we try to bring the sunshine in. It's not coming till Sunday, but, you know, we did our best to bring the sunshine in. This is a picture of our family. It was actually taken at UH Manoa, where we worship. Uh, there's, on the bottom, Anthony and I and our son, Nick, and his wife, Shelly. They've been married for three years. They work in the youth ministry as interns for us in the church. On the top there is my youngest son, Chris. He's a junior in college. He stayed with us at Hawaii Pacific University. Great kid. And then next to him is Lola. That is Anthony's mom. And Anthony's mom and dad are disciples. They moved with us from L.A. to Hawaii to be with us. And since then, uh, Lolo has passed away. But Lola is just cranking with her. She's got a little Bible talk going on. We call it the G-Squad, Granny Squad. And, uh, you know, these women, you do not mess with them. They're like, time is short. We're just going to tell you what it's like. (laughs) And you're like, tell me. Uh, and I, you know, honestly, I cut on the cost with a few of them. I thought I'd heard it all. I had not heard it all. They like to make me turn different shades of red. But uh, we love being in the Oahu Church. We've been married for 28 years. <laughs> we met in the San Francisco Church of Christ when we were campus interns. Uh, we planted, we went on a mission planting to Manila, Philippines. From then on, we went to Bangkok, Thailand for about a year. You know, we have that Asian, all Asian look, right? And all Asian food. We speak Asian food in every language. But uh, we went there, and then they asked us to come to LA so that they could have Asian leadership in LA. We represent all Asians, Orientals, however you would like to say it in your state. Um, But we worked, while we were in LA, we worked with churches in the Middle East, But we really love what we do. We feel that God has blessed us. His word has blessed us, our marriage and our family. And we love to pass on that gift to other people. But uh, we are married in Manila 28 years ago. uh, We went to Hong Kong for our our, uh, honeymoon. And Anthony's mom and dad went with us. They're like, you want to have breakfast? We're like, no, no, go away. (laughs) Leave us alone. They were just so excited to be with us. They wanted to be on our honeymoon. Uh, I do not recommend that (laughs) for your kids. The funny thing is when my son flew to his honeymoon on to Kona, my sister-in-law was on the same flight with him and she's in the background picture (laughs) with um, them. I think it's a Galang thing, I'm not quite sure. But uh, we love being married, we love our kids, and we love being able to share what God has done in our life. Amen.
0: Thanks, honey. Yeah, grateful, grateful for all that. And uh, grateful that our kids are disciples and, and, and they've made great decisions in their young life. And uh, thankful that our family is all together in Hawaii. I mean, family is very, very important. Uh, to be close together uh, uh, is, is very, very special. And You know, before becoming Christians, my wife and I... Uh, came from very immoral uh, relationships. Uh, Relationships that weren't centered on God and consequently they ended uh, poorly. Uh, uh, Son's ex-boyfriend actually brought her to church for the first time. And uh, Son made it a point. She wanted to actually pull him out of the church and bring him back to his Catholic roots. Uh, Obviously that didn't work. Uh, And Son became a Christian as a result. And uh, yeah, a really interesting one Christmas, we received a card from her ex-boyfriend and wife and their faithful disciples and things like that in one of the churches. And son goes, oh, look, honey, it's so-and-so and, and so-and-so. And I said, oh, great, great. Uh, you can throw that card away now. That's, uh, that's fantastic. Go ahead and throw it away. I'm happy he's a brother and God's taking care of him. Let's move on. And this, this tells you a little bit about who I am, honestly, quite honestly. Uh, no, honestly, because uh, when I went off to college, my, my uh, girlfriend in college or high school uh, sent me a Dear Anthony letter, and it was, you know, it's one of those type of letters, and, and she confessed that she was still in love with her ex-boyfriend. That was crushing as a freshman in college. and. Uh, uh, and so I vowed I'm never going to have any kind of relationship with a woman again. Ever, 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 ever. And his name was Marshall. And so like for years I refused to shop at Marshall's. <laughs> Even as a Christian. For years I'd drive by Marshall's and I'd shudder. I'd go, Ooh, and i just refuse. i boycotted shopping there. I was just grateful his name wasn't like Costco or Whole Foods or Home Depot or Gulfsmith. I'm just grateful his name wasn't any of those kinds of things, but before becoming a christian what 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 drove me and and uh, provoked me to become a Christian was my my girlfriend in college had an abortion, and that's what That's what really floored me as a person, realizing, okay, I'm doing something so wrong here in life, and I had very little foundation in God, even though I grew up in the Catholic faith, I'd never read the Bible, uh, was not a churchgoer, I had a a fundamental belief in God, but there was no application, there was no applying, there was no seriousness of, I'm going to do this uh, in my life, and when that event happened, it floored me, and it woke me up as a person. Uh, I absolutely felt like I hit rock bottom in my life at that stage, and I, I pursued, okay, I've got to know the Bible. I, I feel like God is the answer, even though I don't really know who he is. I've got to pursue. So I started reading the Bible. Uh, I started with a Lion King-type animated Bible, uh, just pictures and no text, but that's all I understood. And here I am, a senior in college, reading picture books, but that's uh, that's what... Uh, drove me to become a Christian and became a Christian about six months later. It took me some time to, to give up things that I wasn't even applying in my life. It was a funny thing that happens, uh, but I'm thankful. And I, I say all this for about my wife and myself is that God is the, the only best option for our lives. God is the only best option for marriage and family. Yes, we could survive living on this earth. Choosing other options, but it's gonna it's gonna hit a dead end for any one of us, and and I don't know the audience here in terms of your spirituality or whether you're committed to Jesus Christ or not, or or you're really wholehearted. Uh, I'm glad you're here because I believe you want to make your marriage better, That's right. and and you're here for a reason. I really believe that, and if all of us would absolutely just open up our hearts to embrace God that much more. God is not going to disappoint you. But God is, he is the best option for our lives. And uh, anything else of that, we are falling short of what God has created us for. We're falling short of what our marriage was created for. But when we do it the most excellent way, as we're going to talk about here in a moment, then we're going to see God glorified in every way. Okay, here's where we're going to go, guys, for the rest of our lesson this morning. Uh, we're going to look at the most excellent way. If you're married, I want you to consider what kind of husband or what kind of wife you are. If uh, I don't know if we have any engaged couples. Do we have any engaged couples here in the audience? Okay, we, so we've totally shut them out of this retreat. Okay, I see. All right. Okay, so as we go through the weekend... Consider what kind of husband you are to your, to your wife and what kind of wife you are to your husband. And then uh, after our afternoon class, we're going to give you some handouts and some homework, some really great exercises that you guys can do. Uh, I appreciate marriage techniques because, quite honestly, it, it really shows us how God has made us so different. Men and women are so different. Look at this one slide of the, a man and a woman. It's so true, isn't it? Very, very true. Look at this next one. Okay, here's the mission: go to Gap, buy a pair of pants. Look at, look at the female in red. Okay. Takes her hours. What is that? Three hours. And by the time she's out, it costs eight hundred and seventy-six dollars. All right, that's the female path. Look at, look at the male. Takes him six minutes. Costs thirty-three bucks. God made men and women differently. And, and we're still trying to figure out each other. We're still trying to figure each other out. If you've got your Bible with you, whether a hard copy or your digital version, start flipping it over there to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to look at the most excellent way. The most excellent way. The Apostle Paul, who authored this book, describes the order with marriage and family. And I think that's very important for us to know because sometimes as married couples we we see the goal in our marriage as perfection. We've got to have a a perfect marriage and I want to encourage all of us to, if you think that way, to to think more having the correct order. Not, Not the perfect marriage, don't make perfection your goal, make order your lifestyle. Because no one is perfect. There is no marriage. There is no family that's perfect. But if we walk down the path of God that God has laid for us, we're going to do it his most excellent way. If we listen to God's voice and his direction, our Heavenly Father, as kids, we listen to him, we obey, we work with all of our might to put his, his, his words into application in our lives, then we're going to experience the most loving, most peaceful, most harmonious most united married relationship we could possibly have here on earth. Amen, brothers and sisters? If we've got an orderly marriage, then we're going to have orderly societies and communities. If we've got that, then we're going to have an orderly world. Let's start reading here in Ephesians 5, verse 21 through 24. And I'm going to address first the women, the wives. So look what it says here. The most excellent way. Verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Okay, so we're not going to talk about every aspect of marriage today. The Bible doesn't even address all those aspects. But what the Apostle Paul does here in this passage of Scripture, he addresses the one attitude that's going to make all other aspects of marriage achievable and glorifying. And what is that one attitude? The Bible describes to us that wives should walk in the spirit of submissiveness. The room just got really quiet here. I understand. I, I, I. But the spirit of submissiveness to their husbands and submit themselves to them. You know, this idea of submission, it's a military term. It's to place oneself under. I know West Point is here in New York, so any military personnel, you understand that. You, you place yourself under. You yield You obey. Wives are to do this voluntarily. Why should they do it? Because it's a command of God. Ladies, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then God expects you to volunteer yourself in submissiveness towards your husband. It's a spirit, it's an attitude. And God has every right to ask anything from us. He has every right. Wives should submit to their, uh, their husbands uh, because of their love for God. Because of your love and appreciation for God, you, you volunteer to be submissive towards your husband, not grudgingly, not with resentment, but out of love. Because here's the point. A Christian wife will actually please God by looking to please and be her best for her husband. It's an amazing principle, but this is the most excellent way. A Christian wife will actually please God if that wife is going to be the very best for her husband. By a wife submitting to her husband, it's God's will for the family. When God talks about man being the head of the woman... He's not talking about ability, or competence, or worth, or value, or brilliance. No, there are some wives that are smarter than their husbands. They're more brilliant, they're more talented, and you go, how did that brother get her? How? How? Oh, there is a God. And, and it's important for us to understand that, that it's, it's not a matter of who's superior, who's not superior. It's not a question of superiority, whether the wife should submit submit to her husband. It's It's a question of your faith. It's a question of, ladies, who are you putting your trust and faith in? It's not because the husband's superior to his wife. It's a question of obedience because you believe. And the Bible, Apostle Paul, connects us so so masterfully as, as the church submits to Christ in that type of relationship should be the same way the wife submits to her husband. That's the connection. You know, as a church, we may not have a problem with submitting to Christ because he's perfect. He's, he's right. He's the authority. He's Lord. He's King. He's everything. But, but, but sisters, that same Quality of submissiveness needs to be present in your relationship with your husband. It's order, not perfection. This is the most excellent way. God teaches us this. The wife is to be submissive to that type of authority. Now, obviously, this, of course, assumes that the husband is fulfilling his leadership role, too. I'll get to the men in a minute. The guys are going, "Preach it, Anthony. Go for it. Come on. Yes." Obviously, this assumes that the guy, the husband, is fulfilling his part of the deal. You, you can't have one or the other, and we'll talk about that. But you can't, you can't have a. Uh, unsubmissive wife and a, 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 a husband that's not leading and taking his role, what he needs to be doing. If you, don't, if you have that in your marriage, then the marriage is always going to have chronic problems. You'll always have challenging, challenging problems in their lives. Paul describes why. why. Why should this be so? Because God has given the leadership role to the husband. This is the order that God has set. There can only be one head just as there can only be one body. And when a wife and a husband fulfill their proper orderly roles and they do it to their best of abilities, then guess what? That marriage is going to be awesome because they're doing it the most excellent, excellent way. God created marriage in such a way that it's a miniature copy of the relationship between Christ and the church. Do you get that? Your marriage is a reflection, should be a reflection of the relationship between the church and Jesus Christ. That type of order, that type of harmony, that type of, of, of unity, that's the kind of attitude that needs to be present in a marriage to do it the most excellent way. I am, I'm very grateful to be married to Son of 28 years, and I am, uh, she absolutely is my best friend. And, you know, apart from her receiving that Christmas card from her ex-boyfriend, everything's been going really wonderful. <laughs> and it's, uh, oh, I mean, she, she makes me better as a man, as a brother in Christ, as a husband, as a father. Uh, I'm just so grateful to be married to her. It, it's funny, San never wanted to marry a Filipino man growing up. And uh God often has other plans. Now she's got two Filipino boys and and uh so that's humor in that. But I, what, I, what I do you want to say here is that I think what, what's what's helped our relationship over the years is that San works very hard to be my best disciple. She works extremely hard to be my best support. And I, I think that's why it's working. It's because here, here she is, never wanting to marry a Filipino man, and now she's stuck with one forever. <laughs> and so the levels, the levels and layers of change that, has, that have taken in her heart, uh, she works very hard to support my dreams. She works very hard to learn from me. Uh, she works very hard um, in, in taking my input and advice, and it doesn't mean that Son doesn't have her own convictions. Let, let me tell you, she might be petite, small, but hey dynamite is pretty powerful too, okay? Uh, uh, she is a firecracker. She has uh, lots of conviction, and I'm, I'm a smarter man by, by choosing to go with what she thinks uh, often. Uh, be, I'd, be, I'd be a smart man to listen to her ideas. And I am a better man as a result of my wife. We work as a team. We talk about our faith. We talk about our spiritual uh, dreams. We talk about our joys. We, we cry with each other. We laugh. We wrestle. We, we tickle. Uh, uh, we talk about our depressions. We talk about our discouragements. Um, it's, it's experiencing life with your best friend in the Lord. That, that's really what it is. We talk about our marriage, our kids, our future, our finances, our sex life, our dreams. Um, Son works very hard to be my, my greatest support and, and my disciple. And what I mean by that is 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 a spirit of submissiveness, a spirit of I'm 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 following your leadership. I'm going to support it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna help you be what you need to be. And uh, Son's going to share here in a moment.
1: Amen. So I wanted to share a little bit about submission. Um, I would say I'm a work in progress. The, the word submission, as a young Christian, to me, I'm not sure how to tighten this, but uh, it was kind of a bad word, you know. I think when we get married, marriage changes our life status, but it doesn't change our life issues. And I had a lot of life issues Coming into the church from what I had seen in the world, what I had seen from my father, my uncles, my ex-boyfriends, uh, other men in the world. And I, I was determined, I am going to be woman. I'm going to be strong. There will be no man above me. I wanted, to, I wanted equality for all. But when I became a Christian and started reading the Bible, I started understanding God's plan. And to be quite honest, it was a struggle. They would talk about Submission. And I was sitting down, but in my heart, I was standing up for the women of the church. What about us, sisters? And it was a little, you know, I had my own thoughts, and it was just a lot of baggage. And what I had to do was really talk it through with Anthony. I had to talk it through with other disciples. I had to read my Bible. I had to understand that I need to imitate him and follow him as he imitates Christ. And now submission is a beautiful word. It is now I feel I am submissive because I am strong, not because I'm weak. I am submissive not because I don't have a mind, but I know how to control my mind and my responses and my eyes and neck sometimes (laughs) and my lips. I was (laughs) like, you know, I have to control my reactions often. But submission does not mean I am weak. Submission means I'm controlled. I'm not giving into my emotions. I'm not giving into my self centeredness. I'm not giving into my own opinions all the time. I'm always right. I desire to work as a team with my husband as the lead. You know, we watch a lot of sports together. I don't know if you watched the last, I was going to say last football game. What is it? The Super Bowl. Actually, my team won. I was the only two people in the room, and my team won. But you know, I was watching that game, thinking, "This is submission and action right now." I mean, imagine if everyone tried to be the quarterback—that is just ridiculous. If everyone tried to be the receiver, you know, we watch our son play soccer. We're always like, "Where was the guy when kick? When Chris kicked the ball? Why was he not in his position?" But we understand—we understand from sports there's got to be just one one goalie, often one quarterback, one point guard, all these things. But you all work together. And it's the same in our marriage. I love working with my husband. I would have to say Anthony makes it easy. He doesn't demand it. He doesn't command it. I desire to follow him because of his example. I watch him study the Bible every day. I watch him be self-controlled in areas where I just want to pull my hair out. But I watch him... And I really desire to imitate. But sisters, just know that submission is a beautiful, beautiful word in God's church and in the Bible. When it's used in the right way.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you. You know, for a wife to uh, willingly submit to her husband uh, is a spiritual idea that is not embraced really well here in our world. I mean, that's a given. Yeah, but I'm speaking to a friendly crowd, okay? But if uh, we had other crowds, it wouldn't uh, be accepted as widely. And, um, but the fact that when, when this happens, when submissiveness really just happens and, and is in there and it's growing, you will experience a marriage that is not perfect or sin-free but is, is filled with harmony, is filled with joy. Your marriage relationship will be a, a place of, of strength of sanctuary, of, of hope, all those kinds of things. And I know that uh, this is what we're aiming for, and there might be some sometimes this may not be as joyful or as possible or, is, or maybe even happening in your relationship uh, right now. Uh, submissiveness is a goal. Maybe, maybe it's not happening because uh, maybe your spouse isn't a follower of Jesus Christ that your husband may not be committed to Jesus or has dedicated his life to, to really applying those principles. Or, or maybe your husband has not chosen to really take up that leadership that God talks about you know, in the scriptures. Maybe the, the wife is evil. I don't know, Cruella de Vil. Who, who knows? There might be some evilness going in there. There's lots of reasons why there may not be harmony going on in the family. But submissiveness... Submissiveness is the goal that, that the wives need to strive for through, through prayer and practice. It, it takes experience. It takes deciding for it, learning uh, this quality, being open to input from others and getting help from others. And, and you practice it. You practice it. Now, some of us might say that, okay, this stuff that Paul's talking about, well, this was a first century thing. This is a social thing. Uh, we live in different times. Uh, it, this doesn't apply as much as it should now. Uh, we're more—we're so much more enlightened as human beings, and we've—we've we've learned so much more about relationship. And this submissive stuff really doesn't apply to our world now. But we've got to remember how the—the the Bible puts this idea of submissiveness together. The Bible says that the church has the exact same relationship with Christ forever. That, that is not a cultural thing. Right. That is not a time-based thing. The church submiss- uh, being submissive to Christ, that is a, an internal plan that God has set for us. And, and, and so in the same way, as long as there's marriage, that is the way that God intends marriage to be today. It's the same kind of spirit. Same. Marriage will always be a reflection of the church with Jesus that's eternal it's not time based there's no confusion in it okay so this is what this is what women and wives need to consider in marriage okay are you married and is this the kind of man I'd be willing to submit my life to are you willing to submit to your husband to the man that you were married to You know, not where where are we going to live, does he have a dog, Uh, you know, what kind of things does he like. I mean, those are all nice, but the core is, are you willing to submit to him? Are you willing to do it the most excellent way and fall in the proper order that God, our Heavenly Father, directs us to be? Am I willing to put my life into his hands? If, if you say no, then you're going you're gonna to have challenges in your marriage. You will absolutely. Your challenges will be uh, accentuated. There's no independence in marriage. There's no codependence. We are totally dependent on God and each other. It's one of submissiveness. Okay? So wives, what is your attitude like in your marriage? Is your, is your husband having a hard time controlling you sometimes? Is your husband having a hard time leading you? Are you difficult to lead as his wife? Are you a great follower? Are you a great learner? Are you his number one cheerleading fan? Are you there for support emotionally, physically, and spiritually? Are you striving to be the best for God and for Him? If, if you do, if you do it God's most excellent way, then you're on the path having an awesome, awesome marriage. Okay, I'm going to transition here. So wives, you can take a little bit of a breath. Let's talk about the husbands, okay? We'll finish up with the husbands, with the guys that have one switch on their control panel. The rest of Ephesians 5, verse 25 through 33, addresses the husbands, So let's talk to the husbands a little bit. Let's start reading here in Ephesians 5, verse 25. And it says here, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Okay, Paul spends a lot of time here talking to the husbands. He doesn't talk about everything, but as I mentioned earlier, how Paul addresses that one attitude to the wives, Paul mentions the one attitude that needs to be happening from husbands to wives, and it totally sets the tone of the entire marriage. And and what is that admonition that Paul is giving to the men? He's saying, men, love your wife. Love. Love has to be absolutely present in your relationship if you're going to do it the most excellent way. Now, in the English language, we only have one word for love. Only one word for love. And we use it in many, many different ways. I love deep dish pizza. I love watching my kids play sports. I love football. I love my iPhone. We use love in one way for all kinds of words and what we mean. But, but however, in, in the Bible, the Bible actually gives us different types of the word of love. You have the word uh, eros, the erotic love. That's, uh, that's the passionate, physical love that people might experience. Love at first sight type of love. You have philia type of love. Philanthropy, this is a friendship type of love. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. You have another word, storge, which is more of the affectionate love that family members share with one another. I love my grandmother or I love my uncle. I love my children. It's not the same kind of love that God expects for the husband and wife to have between each other. That love and the love that Paul is talking about in this passage of Scripture is agape or agapao. And this is the unconditional, selfless type of love that that God is expecting a man to love his wife. It is the type of love that Christ demonstrates to his church. That's the kind of love God expects me to have for my wife and for all of you husbands to have for your wife. This is the most excellent way. But it's an unconditional love. It's a challenging love, quite honestly. It's the highest standard of love any one of us could have towards our wife. You know, husband's love includes, as the passage talks about, making her holy and clean. A husband leads the marriage through the word of God a husband who shares the word of God with his wife, leads his wife with the word of God. That is helping her be holy and cleansed. That is a, that is a husband who is taking the leadership role, his God-given role to lead his wife, of protecting her, of leading her, protecting the purity of his wife. The Bible talks about a husband's role is to make his wife radiant without stain or wrinkle, not with the outward things, but from within. Helping his wife feel secure, protected. Just just think about how Jesus takes care of us. Do you feel safe with Jesus? Do you feel protected by him? Do you trust him? Is Jesus going to lead you astray? Is he going to be deceitful? Is he going to lie? Will Jesus just blow up on you and get angry? Will he be selfish towards you? Think about that. That is the kind of environment husbands need to have in their marriage for their wife. That is the kind of home and spirit and attitude, warmth and affection and protection and safety and and all those kinds of things. I mean, here's the point. A successful marriage is so dependent on the love of the husband towards his wife. I mean, if a husband were like this, they're warm, they're affectionate, they're faithful, they're protecting, they're they're making their wife feel safe and listened to and, and built up and complimented and and they're awesome, and they're loving, and they're, they're, they're joyful, they're giving, they're all these kinds of things. I mean, wow, that's, that's incredible. I mean, any wife would fall in love, and any wife would want to walk hand in hand with that kind of man. I mean, man, I'd fall in love with myself <laughs> if I were like this. It's that spirit, brothers, of love. Does your wife feel that from you? That's the calling that God has ha- has for you. That is the standard. That is the most excellent way where your wife is so honored to be married to you and so thrilled and thankful and grateful. And she is just so happy in life because you are a reflection of Jesus to her. Ephesians 5, verse 28 through 30. Let's continue reading. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. Okay, The husbands are, are meant to nourish and cherish his wife, as he does the body to feed, to clothe, to nurture, to look after her until she's mature in the marriage and continue to do so. I mean, it just means, brothers, that there is warmth, there is kindness, there is tenderness, there is all these fruits of the Spirit that are coming out from your life that is making your wife think, I am, I'm not going anywhere. I have married Jesus Jr. <laughs> you know what I've learned uh, being married to my wife is that I'm responsible for the growth of my wife it falls on me now she is her own woman she has her own convictions she has her own faith We all understand this. But by me being her husband, God has placed me in the role of leading my wife and helping her grow and mature. This is not the responsibility of uh, uh, the sisters or some other preacher or some other person. It's my responsibility. Your husband, then that's the calling and the expectation God has for you as a husband. And that means you've got to grow, you've got to change, you've got to become more like Christ. That's all good. Your wife is working on her submissive stuff. You've got to work on your leadership stuff. You've got to work on who you are as a man, as a follower of Jesus. I mean what a difference what a difference would would exist in marriage if if a husband did this for his wife. Just imagine how your marriage would change, brother, if you kicked it up several notches. If you elevated your game. And and absolutely Strove to become the leader that God has called you to be in heart, in love, in faithfulness, in Christ-likeness. What your marriage could be like. And how you and your wife are, are just absorbed in one another and close because you guys are living for the Lord. I mean, what would happen if, if in most marriages, if a husband loved his wife this way? I know what would happen that the wife would absolutely melt in her husband's arms. If a husband were like this, the wife would would absolutely just melt and be so fired up about that relationship, so protected, so safe, so trusting, so willingly. I'd be willing to submit to you because of the way that you're growing in Christ. Because the way you are in Jesus Christ. That's a challenge for us guys. That's a big challenge. But we wanted to know the most excellent way. This is God's way. This is it. Don't, don't deviate from any other way but the Bible's way. Because this is eternal. And if you want to really have the best marriage you can possibly have here on this earth, then these are the elements that have to be, you know, the number one and one A ingredients in that, that pizza, whatever, the ingredients, okay, so this is what the husbands should be in, in marriage, okay, you've got to ask yourself, brothers, am I ready to provide the leadership that God expects, am I ready? Am I ready to sacrifice myself for my wife? Am I ready to provide for her and the family? Place her needs before mine? able to treat my wife as a special gift from God? You know Don't worry about the questions like where should we live or should we keep her dog or my dog or what? Don't, don't, don't worry about those kinds of questions. Those are okay, those are common interest things, but it's the core. The core of where we're headed. Let's summarize and finish up here, guys. In Ephesians 5, verse 31 through 33, I've got to ask the brothers, brothers, are you like this? And I'm assuming, honestly, all of us have to grow. We all have to grow, including myself. But if we want to know the most excellent way, this is the most excellent way. In verse 31 through 33, Paul summarizes God's plan for orderliness in the marriage. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. I highly recommend don't have your parents go with you on the honeymoon. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. This is the original plan for marriage, guys, right here. Spouse is number one priority. Why is this the model? Why is this a model? And this, this model, quite honestly, goes against what we see in marriage today. Marriage in our world has to be restored back to the Bible. Uh, the world has taken their own definitions and their own standards and totally messed up the purity and holiness of what marriage means and don't get faked out, don't tolerate things, don't, you, you might be more, uh, don't be self-righteous about things, but, but, but don't be accepting of lower standards than the Bible. This, this is absolutely God's way. Amen, brothers and sisters. This model is heavenly and eternal in nature. That's why we need to follow it. It reflects the union of Jesus Christ with his church. That's the mystery.